Hey guys, it's Scott. I just want to thank you for tuning into the Blue Ridge Church podcast. You know, I hope this is encouraging to you. I hope it's inspiring to you. And I pray most of all, it's going to help you on your faith journey. So enjoy today. Hey, it's great to see you guys. Welcome again to Blue Ridge Church. My name is Scott. And whether you're joining our online campus, you're here in person, or if this is your first time here, I really appreciate you being with us each week. We are in a series right now called Hidden Realities. And what we're doing is we're looking at uh, the hidden realities of things that we can't necessarily see with our eyes all the time, but we know are real. And so what we've looked at is some things in the spiritual world. And, And week one, we did an overview of the spiritual world, what spiritual warfare is, spiritual battles we may face. And then the second week, we looked at the power and the presence of God's Holy Spirit, Last week, we looked at demons and the reality of demons and what they're capable of, what they normally do. And we're doing this series not to freak us out, but just to understand and to be well aware of what goes on in the spiritual world, because the spiritual world is just as real as the physical world that we live in. So what we're going to talk about today is angels. And if we were really honest, we'd probably admit that we don't know a lot about angels. We probably don't know a lot about angels. We don't know the role angels play in the spiritual world, much less in our own lives. A lot of our information in our heads about angels comes from society, right? From the media, from television, you know. So we think that angels float on clouds, right? They play the harp. We know that. Uh, Every time a bell rings, what happens? Angel gets its wings, right? Uh, they, they only eat wholesome foods because that's what they advertise and sell all the time. We know angels make toilet paper and they make cake, all right? Angel food cake. That's about the extent of our knowledge of angels. Now, some people believe, and, and this is not accurate, but some people believe that when people die, they become an angel, right? They kind of become their guardian angel, if you will. Oh, well, now grandma's watching over me, which to me, that's kind of freaky, right? There's a lot of times in my life, I didn't want grandma knowing what was going on in my life, right? But we say stuff like that because it makes us feel better. But what we need to understand is we don't become an angel when we die. So what I want to look at today is, you know, what we can discern about angels. And we're not going to have a clear picture. God didn't make it completely clear to us. But what we can understand according to Scripture about angels. And if you want to follow along with our notes, they're on the Church Center app. You can download that to your phone. You can scan the QR code. Or you can grab one of those pieces of paper. Every Sunday you come in, you can just take manual notes or they'll send you a link online. But here's the very first learning. Angels are God's servants. They're created by God and for God and for God's glory. So what we need to understand is angels do the work of God, okay? And they do amazing things. And today, you know, maybe this is a little hard for us to grasp, the concept of angels. I actually think what we talked about last week is easier to understand that there's demons in the spiritual world than it is for us to understand angels. Because a lot of times 
when our life is going well, it's going good and everything's smooth, we don't reflect a lot, right? We don't think too much about things. But when we're under attack or we're in spiritual warfare or having trials and tribulations, we, we focus more and we can actually relate, okay, there, uh, there's some demon that's after me or this is what's going on. So I think sometimes it's easier for us to understand that aspect than it is angels. But we need to understand angels, just like demons, they're everywhere, right? Two-thirds of the angels stayed good. They didn't fall with Satan. So what I want to do is I want to look at some examples or encounters in the scripture of angels, and maybe it'll help us discern a little more what they do. And the first example I want to look at is how in the scripture we have examples of angels appearing on earth to people, and they just appear as normal people to the people that they appear to. And the first example is in Genesis. If you go all the way back to the very beginning of the Bible, in Genesis chapter 18, these three angels appear to this guy by the name of Abraham. A lot of you are familiar with Abraham, who was the father of Isaac, who was the father of Jacob. He's the one God said, you are going to be the father of a great nation. Well, he's at home one day and these three angels appear. Now there's theological differences. Was it two angels and God? Was it three angels? But we know they're from heaven and we know at least two of them were angels and they show up at Abraham's home and he just thinks they're people passing through. So he offers them shade. He offers them refreshment. He asks his wife, Sarah, hey, when you bake some bread for these guys and I'm going to, you know, I'm going to give a calf to the servant and have him prepare that. He just thinks they're people passing through. Well, then if you go to Genesis 19, angels appear again to a guy by the name of Lot. And Lot is actually Abraham's nephew. And he meets these two people in town. They tell him they're going to just stay in the city square. And he's like, "Now nah, you can't do that because it's, it's not safe. Why don't you stay with me? But Lot didn't think they were angels. He just thought they were two people in town. And I give you all that background of these examples of angels appearing just like you and I, so that this next verse makes more sense to us. Hebrews chapter 13, verse 2 says, don't forget to show hospitality to strangers. For some who have done this have entertained angels without even realizing it. Speaking specifically of Lot and Abraham, they didn't even recognize it. So let's do a deep dive. Revelation chapter 5, verse 11 through 12. Then I looked again, and I heard the voices of thousands and millions of angels around the throne and of the living beings and the elders. And they sang in a mighty chorus, worthy is the lamb who was slaughtered to receive power and riches and wisdom and strength and honor and glory and blessing. So often, when we read the Bible, we see angels praising and worshiping God. That's something they do. So we could just write that down or, or make a mental note. Angels worship. Angels are worshipers of God. Okay? Uh, all through the scripture, we see that. Now, isn't that what we do? We worship God as well. I mean, that's what we do on Sundays, right? And, and it's not just the music. You know, we worship through music. We worship through 
what we're doing now, you know, learning together. We worship through, when we give is a form of worship. When we give back to God, when we serve, that's a form of worship. We're serving others. We're helping other people, maybe working in the kids area in the parking lot or something. That's worship. When we pray for other people, we're worshiping God, right? And, and hopefully that's the pattern throughout our week. We give honor and blessing and glory to God for everything he's done for us. That's what angels are doing all the time. They worship God. So that's one thing we know. Look at Hebrews 1, 6. And again, when God brings his firstborn into the world, Christ, he says, let all God's angels worship him. So we know they're worshipers. What else do we know from reading scripture? Well, angels also do battle for God. The Bible says they're mighty warriors. And if you think about the verse in Daniel that we looked at week one, and we looked at it again week three, where Daniel had been praying, hadn't heard anything from God, and 21 days later, an angel from God appears and gives Daniel a message. Why, why was that angel held up? He was in a battle against the spirit prince of the kingdom of Persia. And then it was only when Michael came and took over that battle, was this angel able to get away and go talk to Daniel? Again, they're mighty warriors doing battle for God. Those demons that we talked about last week, uh, angels battle those demons on behalf of the Lord. Here's another verse. Uh, to kind of help you with that. First, uh, First Chronicles 21, 15. And God sent an angel to destroy Jerusalem. But just as the angel was preparing to destroy it, the Lord relented and said to the death angel, stop, that is enough. You uh, see another example in Kings, Second Kings. Let's look at one more, Second Kings 19, 35. That night, the angel of the Lord went out to the Assyrian camp and killed 185,000 Assyrian soldiers. When the surviving Assyrians woke up the next morning, they found corpses everywhere. So angels are not only worshipers, they battle for the Lord. The verse we looked at last week where Michael was battling Satan before Satan was cast out of heaven. Again, mighty warriors for God. What else can they do? So they can worship, they do battle for God. Well, they can protect you and I from danger. Psalm 91 verse 11 says, he ordered his angels to guard you wherever you go. If you stumble, they'll catch you. Their job is to keep you from falling. Another good example of angels uh, protecting people is found in the New Testament with Peter, one of Jesus's disciples. And Peter's been arrested for telling people about Jesus. He's in jail. King Herod wants to put him to death. The Jewish leaders want to put him to death. Peter wants to get out of jail. He wants to go tell other people uh, about Christ, but he can't because he's confined and he's chained. And then we can read this in Acts chapter 12, verses 7 through 11. And this is kind of a long passage, but it'll give us a good picture. Suddenly, there was a bright light in the cell, and an angel of the Lord stood before Peter. The angel struck him on the side to awaken him and said, quick, get up. And the chains fell off his wrist. 
Then the angel told him, get dressed and put on your sandals. And he did. Now put on your coat and follow me, the angel ordered. So Peter left the cell following the angel. But all the time he thought it was a vision. He didn't realize it was actually happening. They passed the first and second guard post and came to the iron gate leading to the city. And this opened to them all by itself. So they passed through and started walking down the street. And the angel suddenly left him. Peter finally came to his senses. It's really true, he said. The Lord has sent his angel and saved me from Herod and from what the Jewish leaders had planned to do to me. So we see God sent an angel to protect Peter. Is God always going to send angels? Not necessarily, but there will be times he'll send an angel to protect us. So we have this hidden reality of angels, and we don't know when God's going to use them, when he may not, but one of the things they do is protect us. So they worship, they fight for God, battles for God, and they can protect you and I. Maybe some of you, that's your story. You you can recall a time in your life when God sent an angel directly to you to protect you, to protect you from something. There's plenty of evidence all around us You talk to people, you read the scripture, but that angels protect us. Here's something else, learning number two. Angels communicate for God and give us direction. This is probably the most familiar example that we see in the Bible that angels give a lot of direction on behalf of God. They show up with a message from God for God's people. And one example is a guy by the name of Gideon. Now, if you remember about five weeks ago, Matt talked about Gideon. And where we're going to pick up this scripture verse this morning, Gideon is hiding from the Midianites. It's a group of people. He and the Israelites are hiding from the Midianites because they're scared to death of the Midianites. And the Midianites are terrible to the uh, people of Israel. They destroy their crops. They kill their kids. So they're hiding from them when God sends this angel to talk to Gideon. And and just as a sidebar, if you know anything about Israel, the history of the Israelites in the Old Testament, this is kind of their pattern. God had turned them over to the Midianites because of the evil that the Israelites were doing. He's like, all right, let them go their way. And they would do that constantly. They'd get on track and they'd follow God and they'd worship God. And then they'd screw up and they'd get off track and they'd, you know, worship false gods or gods of other countries. And God would send a prophet to talk to the people and say, you know, you need to repent. And then they'd come back to God. Well, this is one of those times and they had strayed from God. So God just turned them over to the Midianites. But now God is ready for Israel to stand up and to fight back. So he goes to communicate this message to Gideon, but he does it through an angel. Again, to give Gideon direction. And he says this in Judges 6, 12. When the angel of the Lord appeared to Gideon, he said, the Lord is with you, mighty warrior. Now, this is a guy that's hiding. He's anything but mighty. But really with this angel saying, hey, God's with you in this battle, Gideon. Israel's going to defeat the Midianites. You're not battling on your own. Let me look at another example that's probably way more familiar to you in the New Testament of God giving direction. Luke 1, 30 through 31. 
Don't be afraid, Mary, the angel told her, for you have found favor with God. You will conceive and give birth to a son, and you will name him Jesus. A lot of you are familiar with this from the Christmas story, but one of the greatest all-time messages ever delivered by an angel to one of God's people. And God was giving Mary direction, basically saying, hey, you are going to give birth to my son, Jesus. You're going to give birth to the Savior of the world. He's given her direction through this angel, right? And Mary, like us, is probably like, what? You know, and so she asked God, well, how's that possible? And God, through the angel, tells her, you're going to give birth and the Father's going to be the Holy Spirit. Well, Mary had a fiance at this time. A lot of you are familiar with that guy by the name of Joseph. Can you imagine Joseph's reaction when Mary comes and says, hey, this angel appeared to me, and this is what the angel said. I'm going to be a mom. And the cool thing is I'm still a virgin. And Joseph's probably like, yeah, right. (laughs) Right? He's confused. And so Joseph, to probably save a little face and to protect Mary's reputation, he decides, I'm just going to call off this whole engagement deal. Right? But what's God do? He sends an angel to speak to Joseph now in a dream. And we can read about that in Matthew 1, 20. And and this is as Joseph is considering uh, calling off the engagement. As he considered this, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream. Joseph, son of David, the angel said, do not be afraid to take Mary as your wife. For the child within her was conceived by the Holy Spirit. So not only does God give direction to Mary through an angel, gives direction to Joseph through an angel, confirming Mary's story and saying, hey man, go ahead and take her as your wife. What she's telling you is accurate. Now, uh, let's look at one more example in the Old Testament of God giving direction God giving guidance. It's in Numbers 22, verse 21. And it's kind of a humorous story when you read through it, if you've, if you've heard this story of Balaam. But it says this. So the next morning, Balaam got up, saddled his donkey, and started off with the Moabite officials. But God was angry that Balaam was going, so he sent the angel of the Lord to stand in the road to block his way. So where we pick this story up, we've got this guy, Balaam, who is going in a direction that God does not want him to go. So God sends an angel to redirect him. Remember, one of the things they do is they give us direction. Let's read on. Numbers 22, verse 23. Balaam's donkey saw the angel of the Lord standing in the road with a drawn sword in his hand. The donkey bolted off the road into a field. But Balaam beat it and turned it back onto the road. So this donkey sees this angel of the Lord that Balaam can't see blocking the way. And he veers off the road, gets beat by Balaam. Well, he gets back on the road again. And if you continue to read this passage of Scripture, the donkey sees the angel again going through these two vineyard walls. And it freaks the donkey out because he can see this angel. And so he gets pinched between these two walls and ends up crushing Balaam's foot, 
Well, you know that made him happy. So he gets off the, you know, and beats the donkey again. You are a bad, bad donkey, right? And it's like, come on, man. And so the, the donkey starts going again and taking Balaam. And the donkey sees the angel of the Lord again a third time. And it's completely blocking the donkey's way. And, and the donkey doesn't want any part of this angel of the Lord with the sword in his hand. So the donkey just lays down. Well, what does Balaam do? Balaam beats the donkey again. And evidently, God felt sorry for the donkey because in the scripture we read that God gave the donkey the ability to speak. Some of you are thinking, well, that's nothing. He gives a donkey the ability to speak at this church every weekend, right? <laughs> Me. No. He does. That's crazy. Listen to this. Numbers 22, 28. Then the Lord gave the donkey the ability to speak. What have I done to you that deserves you beating me three times? It asked Balaam. In other words, haven't I taken care of you all these years? Have I not been your faithful donkey to carry you wherever you wanted to ride and wherever you wanted to go? Then the Bible says this in Numbers 22, 31. Then the Lord opened Balaam's eyes. And he saw the angel of the Lord standing in the roadway with a drawn sword in his hand. Balaam bowed his head and fell face down on the ground before him. So God finally opened Balaam's eyes, gave him direction. He could now see the angel that the donkey had been seeing all the time. That's why the donkey wasn't moving. The donkey was protecting Balaam because of the angel God had sent to redirect Balaam. Everything in Balaam wanted to go in this direction. And God's angel kept redirecting him. How many times is that us in life? We want to go in this direction. We are determined we're going in this direction. This is what I'm going to achieve. This is who I'm going to date. This is where I'm going to work. This is what I'm going to do. And we keep hitting roadblocks roadblock after roadblock after roadblock. Doors keep getting shut right in our face. Maybe, just maybe, God has sent an angel to redirect us, to get us off the wrong path and onto the right path. I'm sure a lot of you, there's times in your life you clearly can see where you were on the wrong path and God got you on the right path. Maybe he did that through one of his angels because that's one of their roles. They give us direction. Here's something else they can do. Learning number three, angels can minister God's love and healing and power to us. Angels can care for us, in other words. Hebrews 1.14, are not all angels ministering spirits sent to serve those who will inherit salvation? The Bible says they're ministering spirits. Now, we talked last week about how Jesus was tempted in the desert. After 40 days of fasting, Satan comes to Jesus and tempts him. And every time Jesus was tempted, what did he do? He responded with God's word. And I think we ended it with Matthew 4.10. We didn't look at the next verse. And I want to look at the next verse. What happened after the devil basically left Jesus and stopped tempting him. Matthew 4, 11. Then the devil went away and angels came and took care of Jesus. So they care for us. 
That's one of the rules they can care for us. Not only give us direction, not only give us a message from God, but they care for us. If you think about it, the night before Jesus went to the cross, angels took care of him. Right? He was in the garden. He was praying to God. He's like, God, listen, you know, if there's any other way to save mankind, if, if there's anything other than the cross and what I got to go through, you know, can, can we look at other options? You know, take this cup of suffering from me if it's your will. But God, I want to do your will and not my will. And they, you know, the scripture says that Jesus was in such agony praying over the cross that he sweated blood. And that's usually where we stop the story and then we go on, you know, Easter and we talk about the crucifixion and the resurrection. But listen to this verse after Jesus had prayed, Luke twenty two forty three. Then an angel from heaven appeared and strengthened him. And still today, angels care for us. Angels can strengthen us. Maybe you've had a vision to do something and you know this is what you're supposed to do and you just don't know how you're going to have the strength to be able to do it. Maybe God will send an angel to give you the strength to, to accomplish whatever it is that you need to accomplish. Or maybe you're facing a challenge, a difficulty in your marriage and you're like, I, I don't know how I'm going to have the strength to actually reconcile this marriage or reconcile this relationship. God could send an angel to give you and your spouse the strength to reconcile. Or maybe it's temptation. You know, it's, I, I can't overcome this temptation in my life. I keep falling to the same temptation. I just don't have the strength to fight back. God's angel could give you the strength to do that because that's what angels do. Or maybe you're just burned out. You're burned out physically. You're burned out emotionally. You're burned out spiritually. God could give you the strength and hope to accomplish whatever it is he wants you to accomplish. I'm sure you can see times in your life when you've gotten strength, you didn't know where it came from. Maybe it's one of God's angels. That's one of their roles. I've had strength, you know, in the past that I didn't know where it came from. And, you know, to get through things I didn't think I could ever get through. Trials and tribulations and adversity and, and funerals, difficult times with families and loved ones that have lost loved ones. I'm like, I don't have the strength to do this anymore, God. Then all of a sudden, I'd have the strength. And I don't have any explanation for it other than maybe God sent an angel to strengthen me because that's what they do. Some of you are like Peter, and you can think of a, a, a time when God sent an angel to protect you, to take care of you. And, and uh, as I was working through this this week, I had coffee with my uh, oldest kid one day, and I'm like, I don't have any examples, you know, of an angel protecting me that I can think of. I know that's happened in my life. I just know it's happened. I just, I can't think about one. And she said, it's all right. If you, if you need to have an example, God will give you one. As soon as I left and started heading back to the church after meeting with her, it came to me. A time I feel like I don't have any other explanation other than maybe it was an angel from God. But it was in 2017. We were living out in the country and it was around Christmas time. And every Christmas, I like to get gift cards to give to the people who pick up the trash. 
because that's a, that's a hard job. They're so faithful. They're so dedicated. They're always there every week. And if they weren't, you'd have a terrible mess. And so I bought these gift cards to give the trash people. Well, it was on a Tuesday. It was like mid-December. And I waited till I heard the trash truck. And then I ran down the hill to catch them. And so the two guys that were loading the trash into the back of the truck, I gave them a gift card. I said, man, thanks for everything you guys do. And then I did something really stupid. And I walked behind the truck to go up to the driver's side to give the driver a gift card. And as soon as I stepped out from behind that truck, a car came flying down our road about 45 miles an hour. And literally, I, it was like a bright light. It was just like a flash. I almost thought I'd been hit. And I, I literally saw my life flash right before my eyes. And, th and you know, you just kind of catch your breath and you think, how stupid was that? And I get up to the driver's you know, side and, and the dude's eyes are as big as silver dollars because he was watching the whole thing through his side view mirror. And I, you know, handed it, I probably didn't have as many words to say at that point, giving him his gift card. And I, I walked back up to the house and I thought about that this week. I don't have any other explanation for why I'm, I'm here other than maybe God's angel was protecting me or, or jerked me back. It's like, look at this knucklehead, you know, what, what is he doing? I don't know, but that's what angels do. Look, I know beyond the shadow of a doubt that we live in a physical world, but I also know beyond the shadow of a doubt that there's a spiritual world that's just as real and just as important, if not more important, than the physical world we live in. The Holy Spirit works in that spiritual world. Demons we talked about last week are there, but God's angels are everywhere. We just simply need to call on God and rely on God for everything in life, to depend on God and to trust God for everything we need. And we need to take him at his word that he's going to do what he says he's going to do. How's he going to do it? I don't know. He may use an angel in your life. He may not. He may speak to you through his Holy Spirit. Who knows? But we know that God can be trusted. Our role is simply to trust him. But the reality is there are angels the hidden reality of angels in the spiritual world. We know they worship God. We know they communicate for God. They give us direction, put us on the path we need to be on. They can give us God's love and, and God's power and protect us and strengthen us and take care of us. So just know that. Whether we understand it fully and completely is irrelevant. We know from the Scripture looking at examples that angels are all around us. And they are God's servants doing the will and pleasure of God. And their job and one of their roles is simply to do God's desire and to keep his kingdom moving forward. So next time you're trying to figure out how something happened, maybe it's one of God's angels. Let's pray together. God, first of all, we thank you for all that you've done for us. However, you've decided to do it for us. Lord, we acknowledge everything we have comes from you. We simply need to trust you, not how you're going to act or respond or when you're going to answer us or if you're not going to answer us. We just have to trust you, knowing that you're going to be right by our sides, no matter what battles that we face. God, we do thank you for the power and the presence of your angels all around us. 
that sometimes give people strength, give others encouragement, give others discernment, give others direction. God, help us to stay on the right path. And when we get off the path and get going down the wrong path, Lord, send whatever you have to send, an angel, uh, one of your fellow servants, your Holy Spirit, whatever you have to do to keep us on the, back, on the right path, get us back on the right track. Lord, we know no matter what we face, we can count on you. We love you and we praise you. In Jesus' name, amen. Just a couple things real quick. Now, next week, we're going to look at the hidden reality of God. And so what I encourage you to do is bring a friend with you. Invite a friend to watch with you online or bring a friend here with you. But we're going to look at the hidden reality of our Heavenly Father. A couple other things. If you are in that college age bracket, you know, 18 to 30, 18 to 31, our young adults group is having a retreat next weekend. This is the, I think you've got today and a couple other days, maybe Monday and Tuesday to sign up for that retreat. If you'd still like to go, I want to encourage you to check that out. You can just go to our website and sign up. You can talk to Mark in the kids area. You can just stop by the hub and say, hey, I'm interested in going on the young adult street uh, retreat. Uh, our blood drive is, next blood drive is November the 4th. Those of you that are faithful to give blood, you can still sign up at redcross.org. They're looking for donors, so if you want to give blood, I encourage you to sign up to do that. And then the last thing is Heathwood Markets. You know, they're doing a, uh, our youth are doing a fundraiser with them, and every Wednesday night that you pick up one of those grab-and-go meals, uh, it helps uh, the kids that are trying to go to Passion Camp. And, And I don't know about you, but I don't like to cook. My wife doesn't like to cook, so... Every week we've been doing that. It's like, hey, this is one less meal that we got to cook. But it's good stuff. So if that's something that interests you, it also helps out the youth. I hope you have a terrific day. Thanks again for being here. Bring a friend with you next week. God bless you guys.